Hello, I'm James Cridland, the Radio Futurologist, and I've just sent another newsletter out. And so here is an audio version in case you're too lazy to read. Uh, the first thing I talk about is numbers. Radio Inc. was reporting that radio's audience is still growing. Radio World said that Nielsen has good news in May numbers. All Access saying that Nielsen's May 2021 PPM survey in- indicates radio audiences continue to grow as America reopens. It's all good news for the US radio market. They're all written from a press release from Nielsen, which I was sent as well. And all of those stories contain Nielsen's graphs. But Nielsen's graphs are a little bit weird because they show that March 2020 is pre-COVID, according to Nielsen, which I don't I'm not so sure about. Um, If you take a look, New York City declared a state of emergency on March the 12th. The New York Times reported that by March the 20th, one in five Americans were facing lockdown. So is it entirely fair to say that March was pre-COVID? Shouldn't we really be having a look at February, I wondered? So I went digging for the numbers to see where we are. And uh, the numbers that I found kind of show where we really are in terms of radio's great rebounding. So in February... Uh, Radio's weekly reach was 129.9 million. Uh, March, which is what um, uh, Nielsen claims is pre-COVID but clearly isn't, it was already down by 5 million to 124.2. And now we're currently at 122.1 for May. So, yeah, you know, we're not quite getting there. And actually, once you look at the AQH... The average quarter-hour persons in millions, which essentially helps understand how much listening is going on, then there's a much uh, larger amount of difference. Uh, March was 8.1. Again, Nielsen says pre-COVID. We're currently at 7.8 for May. But actually, February was at 9. So that's a significant uh, increase there and a significant difference. So look, US radio is particularly and unusually reliant on in-car listening, so it's probably no surprise that it took a big hit, and it's great to see it come back. I am surprised, though, that Nielsen are claiming that March was pre-COVID, and actually the true pre-COVID numbers show that we've still got some way to go, and maybe there have been some habits which have been broken forever in some of the stats there. I'm also told there's a little jump that you can see in the AQH graph in the middle, Um, September was 7.3 and then it jumps uh, in October to 7.7 and I wondered why that might be. That is to do with the effect of the headphone listening adjustment. So what they did in US radio in October is they suddenly realised, well, headphones aren't being measured by our PPM, by our little meter that sits on your belt. Uh, And so therefore, what can we do with that? Well, we will calculate that 5% of radio listening happens on headphones and we will just add 5% to the AQH numbers. Cool. So that's why it's jumped by about 5% in October as to September. So actually, that means that May's figures are possibly 5% too high. Who knows? But anyway, always interesting to have a big deep delve into the numbers and see what those numbers really are. But good news that radio is um, is increasing anyway. 
On Spotify, there is a user called Urenvader, which I probably pronounced entirely wrong. Maybe it's Urenvader. Anyway, they're doing a fun thing. They automatically monitor a bunch of radio stations like uh, FIP and Six Music and KEXP and a number of others. And they add the songs that those radio stations play to a Spotify playlist. No repeats, but apart from that, it's basically as you hear on the radio. And I quite often listen to the Six Music one because they're automatic and they're always refreshed. Sometimes, though, I catch them when Six Music is in specialist programming. And that then ends up being a not particularly brilliant thing if you all of a sudden land in the middle of, I don't know, soul and funk or hip-hop or whatever, which isn't necessarily what Six Music plays all the time. So I asked Urenvida whether it was possible for them to create a Six Music weekdays playlist, and they did, which was very kind of them. Alongside Radio 1 and Radio 2, I gave them the times, and, um, and that's what he's done. So he's made a version of these playlists that only look at weekday uh, daytime. Anyway, I gave those to Sean Ross, who is a very good man in the US, because I thought that he might be interested in this concept. And he and I kicked around a few ideas on email. Particularly, I wondered whether there was an idea here for an HD2 channel or a DAB Plus uh, service. Maybe if you really like, I don't know, Six Music's Music Choice, but you don't want the chat and the news bulletins and the promos and the other clutter that you get on Six Music, which is fine. It's part of what Six Music does. But if I just want to listen to the music, maybe there's something in a service called Six Music Nonstop as an additional channel where it just plays the music and it doesn't play anything else. Would that allow you, I wonder, to add a little bit more personality to the main radio station, knowing that listeners can stay with your brand, if not that individual station, but just turn the waffle off if that's what they want? Anyway, Sean has written a full article on that. He sees some opportunity, but he adds that uh, for this to work, radio would have to be hosted consistently 24-7 for those who wanted it. There's a, there is potential, he says, in a mute button, but not if broadcasters are already muting themselves. And I think he makes a good point. Uh, you can read that in the link from the show notes today. Ed Sheeran, too, he's a good man, isn't he? He's particularly a good sport when it comes to promotion on the radio. I remember finding a great video, which I've linked to from Hamish and Andy, quite some time ago. It's um, a bit of a weird prank. Hamish dresses up as a peep show owner, hustles on the street in Melbourne for an Ed Sheeran peep show, only for the unsuspecting couple that they finally convinced to come down the stairs to realise to their delight that it really was Ed Sheeran for 30 seconds for $2. Uh, It's a wonderful video. Now, last week, Hart, the radio station in the UK, had a great story of a kid and his grandfather. Grandfather was ill in hospital with cancer. Kid was playing him. Kid obviously couldn't go and see grandfather during the lockdown, but could uh, play grandfather some music. And that's what he was doing. He was playing him some Ed Sheeran songs. So Kid is asked to tell the story. And then he starts playing an Ed Sheeran song and up pops Ed Sheeran to sing along with him. Kid is completely unfazed. It's a lovely piece of video. It's well worth watching. And next door at Capitol, presumably on the same day, uh, Sheeran does the same sort of thing to a NHS key worker. He bursts out of a cake and uh, surprises her, and that's all lovely, and then gives 
um, her and her kids and a friend some free concert tickets to his next concert. That's a lovely thing. Um, and uh, Sheeran is also, is also asked to take part in a quiz about The Simpsons and is taken aback when um, Nancy Cartwright, who you might know as the voice of Bart Simpson and many other voices on the show, ends up asking the questions and he finds it lovely. And again, it's a great moment. And I wondered that there were things to learn from that. Great mo- radio moments don't always come from humiliating other people. And I wondered whether anybody would have shared those if they were just audio. Probably not. Good camera angles and sight lines for video content make an amazing difference as well. They're lit well, everything all works, they're edited well. Um, it's a great job. So bravo, whoever it was at Global who's put those together and shared those on social media. That's um, a good job. So congratulations on that. Also, a few other things I noticed this week. Um, there's some work from the Radio Centre in the UK, which is the UK Commercial Radio Lobbying Group. Probably don't like it when I say that, but anyway, that's what they are. And they're trying to cut down on terms and conditions on radio ads. You know, those bits at the end that are read very, very fast that nobody takes any notice of. And frankly, quite a lot of the time, have no legal requirement to be there anyway. And it's just scared um, lawyers that don't fully understand how advertising works. Well, it's driven, I think, by one of the uh, radio CEOs who has a personal bugbear about it, but the radio centre has been working for a long time now, cutting down on all of this terms and conditions, both helping um, in-house lawyers understand what they don't actually have to say in radio ads, but also working with the uh, parliament and lawmakers to cut down on the amount of terms and conditions that are required anyway. It's really good work. And I'm surprised that other um, radio advertising bureau aren't doing that in other countries as well, in Australia, in um, the US and in other places as well. Um, In my view, it makes for better ads. It makes for better radio. It's better value for advertisers because you're not um, wasting money reading out pointless terms and conditions. Literally nobody loses by this. And I think it's a great job. If you're working for the RAB in the US, um, uh, working for whoever it is now in Canada, um, is it the NAB in Canada? I don't know. Anyway, whoever you're working for or um, the folks at uh, Commercial Radio Australia, do that. That's a good thing. So um, congratulations, Radio Centre. Back in 2010, I was doing a presentation called Radio Around the World. I'd just left the BBC um, after realising that it's a horrible, toxic place to work. And I ended up going around the world instead. And that was jolly good. And um I ended up um, doing a piece which was um, radio around the world with little clips of what I learnt when I went around the world for a large tax-deductible holiday, which was very nice. Anyway, um, I found a video copy of the presentation recently, which was very good. Um, The audio is, um, well, it it sounds as if it's been put through far too many MPEG encoders. But nevertheless, um, I link to it in the link that you'll find in the show notes for this podcast. I think it was its first outing at Radio Days Europe in Copenhagen, judging by a couple of comments that I made. It was to a packed out room. And I really enjoyed finding this um, through a clear out of some old cloud drives as clips and everything. There's screenshots of um, hideously old fashioned iPhone apps, which is lovely. Um, There's a lot of talk about things that we could learn from radio across the world. You probably couldn't do anything like that these days because we're all far more used to seeing 
what other different radio companies are doing across the world, and that's probably a good thing. Certainly at the time, we in Europe really had no visibility of what was going on in other countries, particularly in places like Japan and in Australia. So it was really nice um, to be able to uh, share that, and you might like it. It's um, about, uh, what, 30 minutes long, and you'll find it available on uh, my YouTube channel. And uh, Fred Jacobs has added, is it time for a radio number that's that's technology agnostic? Uh, He says that the future is Nielsen. Hmm, I'm not so sure. But what I do know is that uh, in quite a few countries, uh, you already have a radio number which is technology agnostic. One of the things that frustrates me about the UK, about sorry, about the US model, is that things like Sirius XM isn't considered to, to be radio. It obviously is. It's just run by different companies. Uh, and that should be in your radio figures, as should quite a few other things. You know, streaming on the internet was taken off m- many uh, radio numbers in the US. Pointless, ridiculous, was a stupid thing to do. Uh, and so therefore, the audience figures for AM and FM went down but the audience for radio was continuing to increase. Um, so uh, hopefully somebody in the US will fix that. Whether or not that's Nielsen, don't know. But um, whoever it is, uh, it's nice to see Fred talking about that. He's a bright man. He writes a lot. And, uh, you know, and most things land. Uh, and it's a nice thing to actually see that. Uh, now, this week, I've given the website a bit of a kick. Uh, it's looking um, mostly better. There's still a few things that I'd like to make uh, work a little bit better. But anyway, it's getting better. So that's nice. And um, the email, I hope, looks a bit nicer. Text was a bit small this week. And I think that's because I put a graph in the middle of it. But I suspect that next week it'll be even nicer. So anyway, uh, thank you to those people who have visited buymeacoffee.com slash James Cridland to um, support my work. That's very kind. Um, some people have bought me a coffee or two, like Dusty Rhodes, um, real name, I'm sure, um, and Evan Calder, who works for uh, Kindling uh, Kids Radio uh, here in uh, Australia and a company which I think is called Parent First. I'm going to get it wrong now. Um, but uh, both Evan and uh, Dusty are both uh, fantastic people. So thank you very much for your support. And to ongoing supporters, Hauser Dictionary. Don't actually know your real name, Hauser Dictionary. Um, but thank you for your support. Richard Hilton, who also sends me some nice um, stories for the newsletter as well. And Rupert Brunn from Brunn Audio Consulting, who does very good things with psychoanalysis. It's not psychoanalysis. It's acoustic analysis of radio studios. Anyway, um, thank you, uh, three of you, for your ongoing support of this newsletter and of the podcast that goes with it. I'm really very, very grateful to you. As you can tell, this podcast is deliberately made to have no post-production in it whatsoever. It's literally me sitting down, recording something and stopping. And the reason for all of this is just so that I get a little bit better at speaking in front of a microphone without, well, with a script, obviously, but without much of a script. So uh, there we go. Thank you for supporting my work. If you want to, then you can buy me a coffee too. That's buymeacoffee.com slash James Cridland. Or, you know, book me to speak at a conference if you like. 
possibly best if you leave that until next year. I was going to say, or do it in Australia, but given the way that uh, things are going in Australia at the moment, Sydney's in lockdown, Darwin has just got into lockdown, look as if Perth is in uh, partial lockdown as I speak, uh, possibly not so good to even do it here in Australia either. But anyway, uh, thank you so much. Um, I will speak to you again soon for another uh, Radio Trends newsletter and indeed podcast. Uh, Thank you for listening and keep listening.